Welcome to season two of the Small Town Big Dreams podcast. Hi, I'm Becky Waples, and this is the podcast that celebrates small town creators and shares their stories. Each week, we dive into each creator's journey, from their background to where they found their courage, from their challenges to their wins, where they found their inspiration to how they took their first step. I cannot wait to chat, laugh, and inspire the next small town creator with each of my guests. If you are inspired by small town creators who turn their big dreams into reality, then this is the podcast for you. Please rate and subscribe to all upcoming episodes. Please follow on Instagram and Facebook and always feel free to leave a message or comment to let me know what you'd like to hear or who you'd like to hear from. This little passion project is turning into quite the adventure and I'm so glad you've come along for the ride. Thank you from the bottom of this small town creator's big heart. Let's grow together. All right. Good morning. And thank you for listening to the Small Towns Big Dreams podcast. Today's guest is Tasneem Darivala. Tasneem is a children's book author and illustrator, and she's also the founder of Art Ignite, a nonprofit community arts organization. Thank you for joining me today. Hi, Becky. Of course. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you joining me. I think we met over Instagram. Yeah. So I have like this list of like dream guests that I would like to interview and one of them was a children's book author and illustrator and I can't remember if you reached out to me first or if I reached out to you first but then I was like this is perfect this is one of my dream guests so um, you might I might not have told you that but that is (laughs) and I am excited to have you on today because that was one of my goals was to have a children's book author and illustrator that's so cool (laughs) yeah before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about you, uh, your background, and what inspired you to write and create children's books? Yeah, for sure. So I have been a professional artist for a long time, eight years. Um, I have, uh, you know, a BFA and with a minor in English. So I was doing a lot of painting series and stuff like that for a long time, um, running art workshops. And then when I had my daughter, my creative practice just changed. It was the first time I even, I think, held a children's book, uh, like reading to her. And I was just so inspired by the stories being told, by the artwork that, you know, I I just really wanted to dabble in it myself. And it just turned into this medium in which I felt like I could speak to my daughter about some of my experiences, almost like, what what do I want to leave? in this world when I go and right yeah so my art and my writing has become that for me how old is your daughter she's four and a half so she just started school yeah yeah she loves it so she can tell her friends my mom writes the books when they're like reading books in class yeah I have done actually when she was in daycare I did a couple of readings at the daycare and she was very excited when I came in when one of the characters tells her name yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it was very cute. That is very cute. When we touched base for the first time, you did send me the books, your three books. And um, I did buy The uh, the Weight of You, The World, which is uh, your third book. It's your most recent book published, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I bought that one so that I would have it to read to my boys. And they both love it as well. Oh, I'm so glad. How old are they? My youngest just turned four in January. And then my oldest will turn six in June. Oh, wow. Yeah. They they love the way you view the world. We read books before bed every night, and I read to my youngest. So I'm like, okay, you pick a book, and I pick a book. 
And the other day, maybe like a couple of weeks ago, he was like, well, I know which one you're going to pick, mom. And he grabbed the, He grabbed your book. I was like, yeah, yeah, let's go. Let's read. <laughs> yeah. That's so sweet. I love that. I'm glad you're enjoying it. We are. Can you tell us about your three books? Yeah, sure. So the first book, How to Show Love, um, I wrote that when Sarah was, I think she was only two years old. And um, and I guess, I mean, it's also inspired by the things that I was reading at that time. So it's very short. It's only 10 sentences long. And like, you know, the other longer books, it's about being kind to yourself and being kind to others. Just like a simple message that I feel like it's better for children to hear it as, as soon as they're able to, you know, comprehend words. That was my first one. And then the second one, The Little Fairy Finds Her Glow, it's actually the first in a series. I'm working on the second and third books now. And that one is, I have bipolar disorder. I have struggled with mood swings and depression specifically a lot. And it was a way for me to tell my story and also make it okay for children and parents reading the books to have difficult feelings, to, to feel sadness, and to know that there are ways to overcome it. And there are bigger things than what we feel in the moment. Love being one of them. So that that one was, I, I cried while writing a lot of it. And then my third book that I just released, that is just, you know, very whimsical, poetic. Um, I had a very light take on it. And it's about how my daughter sees the world. So like, of course, she inspires everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, like, I remember as a child how I also used to look at things and how everything was just slower and more magnificent and, you know, uh, marveling at, like, small things and small moments. And I wanted to capture that in this book, how our world is so beautiful, but so often, like, as adults, we rush past it because, well, that's what it is to be an adult sometimes. True. Being able, yeah, being able to see, like, the world through your kids' eyes. I love that. Um, sorry, your daughter's name is Sarah. Sarah, it's very pretty. My sister's name is Sarah, so very pretty. Oh. <laughs> so I'm guessing that, um, well, I think you mentioned it, that Sarah is like the inspiration for the majority of your books. She's even the character in The Little Fairy, right? Yeah. I love that. <laughs> How has becoming a mother changed your you as an artist? I mean, the medium of children's books the audience is mainly children and their parents, but really it's just, it's children. Before I started writing books, I used to create paintings, which would be exhibited in galleries. And even the workshops that I did, they were also mostly focused on adults. Um, and, you know, galleries, they're not really right. targeting yeah. children, they're targeting adults. So that's where like my work was, that's, that's the age group my work was geared towards. Um, and now, I mean, I guess because I spend so much time with my daughter, I, either way, I communicate maybe. I mean, I've had friends over who have been like, you started to talk like that shit this week. Like, I think you're learning more from her than she is from you. Um, that's yeah. Even with my work, like the way I communicate now and what I want to create, it's more geared towards children. And so that's, that's kind of how it's changed after becoming a mom. Right. Yeah. That's funny you say that. My boys were learning sign language, like at daycare. Mm-hmm. And I would, and then I, they would teach it to me. And then I'd go to work and I would be like, 
doing like the children's sign language. And they're like, what are you doing with your hands? I was like, oh, yeah, you're not toddlers. My apologies. <laughs> but yeah, that's true. They teach you just as much as you teach them, right? Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, so you were a painter before. Had you ever written anything before your daughter was born? No, I, I hadn't. I mean, I did, you know, I have a minor in English, so I used to write yeah, yeah. when I was in school, but like I not as like something that I wanted to publish or anything like that. But now I'm definitely writing. That's um, very like, cool. Publishing more. Yeah. That's very cool. And sorry, you said that you have a series coming up. What are the what's the goal for the next two books? It's uh it's exploring slightly different themes um the next two books but they're both also based on magical characters uh who something in themselves as the story progresses and then it's like they're it's about like their adventures getting whatever they think they don't have right now back but i can i can tell you about the upcoming book um it's about an elf with a sparkly nose and he is very vain and it's it's about him discovering his inner beauty um through just like a series of events and like i felt like the fairy book maybe because it was so connected to my own experiences with depression like it's a right i mean it's a children's book i try it's age appropriate i, I would like to think but it's heavy this one is more humorous so yeah i want to explore humor in this one and then the third one is also a little bit sillier so I'm trying to, you know, have these kind of uh, or start these kind of complex discussions, but in a lighter way. Yeah. Well, I like what you said about focusing on complex emotions. I think it's not like a controversial view, my view, but I do think that I like to like label my children's emotions mm-hmm. so that when it happens again, like they know what they're experiencing. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so, so as you discuss that, like I completely agree with you. I think my oldest has panic attacks and I was like, I label it because I want him to know like, this isn't who I am. This is me having a panic attack. Like when he has one, instead of being like, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. This is what happens. I want him to Mm -hmm. like, no, you're experiencing like complex emotions. And so when it happens the next time, you can be like, oh, I've done this before. The last time I had this, when I took these big deep breaths, this is how I got out of this like feeling. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm going to have to get that book. (laughs) So we can read that one to Ollie. That's really fun. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes, he's going through that. And I wouldn't say he goes through it a lot. I just think that me and my husband like disagree on whether it should be labeled or whether we should just be like, yeah. okay, come on, bud. And I'm on the side of being like, let's discuss the feelings that he's going through. So the next time it happens, yeah, he like knows he's been through this before. It doesn't yeah. he like he he knows what worked last time. Yeah. Yeah. I do the same thing. Uh, I yeah. am always like, I let's identify the feeling. What's the top feeling? What's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, I also feel like it, as like a person, like as like me and yeah. you, um, yeah. my sister uh, said it the other day, she's like, you're catastrophizing or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I never knew the term for that. I thought <laughs> I just had this weird thing that I did. And okay. uh, even just being told that's what it was, I'm like, oh, okay. So I don't know. Yeah, it makes me more aware of it. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a little tangent I just went on, but only because I agree with, like, yeah, identifying complex emotions and then knowing how you felt the last time and how it didn't last forever and Mm -hmm. you got out of it, what worked, and so, yeah. 
And I do believe that you should be teaching them as young as like they feel yeah. emotions as soon as they're born. Yeah. Why, uh, why yeah. are we like brushing it over? Yeah. 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 And giving them a chance to express them too. Right? Yeah. And I have little boys too. Right. So I feel like little boys are always said like, don't cry, like yeah. man up. Yeah. And I like the exact opposite. <laughs> like, no, no, no. We don't tell my little boy to man up. Right. We talk through it. Yeah. Sorry. A little tangent, but. No, no, no. It's it's and, and glad we have similar parenting style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk about your Instagram because when you I found you, I went on your Instagram immediately. And I think your hashtag toddler talks with your daughter are actually so funny. <laughs> They're very funny. <laughs> so I assume you started that when she was like born or when she started saying some funny things. How does sharing these experiences and your drawings and your pictures on social media inspire you? I actually started them when um, when everyone was in quarantine. So she was a year old at that time and she just started to talk. And, you know, children are hilarious. Yes. Um, and at that time, I didn't have energy to do more than like drawing a day. Like, I'm just going to do 15 minutes no matter what that I can get feel creative I'm not just already been bombarded and then I started posting them on Instagram and I didn't even have Instagram um, before then and it was almost just like a way to reach out like we're all alone right now we're all in our homes everyone is with their children all the time like everyone is going through different types of experiences a lot of them are really tough a lot of funny and so it was just a way for me to reach out to others like hey me too. I'm also going through yeah. this. And isn't this great? Or isn't this horrible? <laughs> you know? Um, and it was just a really, uh, I found them to be a fun way to, it's almost like a diary, right? Yeah. Um, to record what was going on and then to be able to share it with others. And like, I would like send them off on WhatsApp to my friends who also have like young children. And it was just, it was just still a really fun way to connect with other people and those then eventually led to working on books that, that's probably why i love it too because it was very re- they're very relatable <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i like that so sorry you said that you were drawing this stuff because of the lockdown mm-hmm. and then it ended up inspiring your books when did you write your first book i think i started working on my first book in 2021 but I didn't publish it until 2022 because I was just trying to figure out how publishing works. Um, so I was just doing a lot of research. But yeah, I think COVID was, yeah, for like, yeah, from 2019, from 2020 to 2021, like that one year I was like working on my comics. Um, and because I was working on the comics, I got a hang of digital drawing and digital painting. Mm-hmm. And then that led to creating like full illustrations, like just one-off illustrations, and which then yeah turned into a series, and then turned into a book. And now I have a series of books. Um, but yeah, it started my practice. Really, it did really, really change during quarantine because there was just like uh, we we were forced to take a break mm-hmm. from our regular life, right? So I think for everyone, it changed something. Mm-hmm. And I like how you said, like, we were we were doing anything to, like, feel a connection with others, too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm Lauren Best, 
And in my podcast, I have conversations with compelling creatives and answer your questions. I dive into what I've learned as a voice coach and performance poet and share why over 15 years of music leadership has shaped my collaborative approach. I reveal how I've reawakened my own creativity. Subscribe to my new show, Lauren's Best, wherever you get your podcasts. Join me on Substack for exclusive bonus content, laurenbest.substack.com. I actually wanted to ask because, yeah, what is the process to publish a children's book? these days um so i have been self-publishing and i'm also applying to traditional publishers i won't lie i'm kind of all over the place and i'm just seeing what works i'm a very experimental stage um but i can talk to you about the self-publishing process yeah i um i'm doing it through amazon it's fairly straightforward their process yeah like it's all on their website you go to you know kdp.amazon.com and then it's a step-by-step thing yeah you just need to know how to format your book and stuff like that like you have your size guides and things like that you can also hire people to do it for you i have enough kind of you know technical knowledge that i was able to put everything together myself um yeah and then once you're this is just putting it up on the website is not that hard creating is really hard and then marketing is really hard and so doing stuff like this really helps (laughs) I think I have been on that website before. And so do they make, they make you put in the artwork, the words. Okay, no, I think you have to upload the document and, but they actually make it a physical book for you. Yes. Is that yes. accurate? Yes. Yes. Perfect. And I think that's a really cool thing that they do for you as well. Do you find that Amazon is, um, like I mentioned, you know that I know that you said you have to do your own marketing, but are you getting a lot of sales through Amazon? I get a lot of sales if I'm like if I very actively market my books. Oh, so okay. usually I do that in the first couple of months once the books come out, when the books first mm-hmm. come out, and I am able to make quite a lot of sales during that time. Right. But after that, I mean, I have a lot of other responsibilities. So after that, oh, okay. I'm not really able to continue marketing. And so then the sales dropped. Yeah. So it's very like, as long as you keep doing it, you know, as long as your page keeps showing up and then you created like a good cover page and a good description and you've done some research in your keywords and categories and stuff like that, people will buy it. But there is also a lot of competition. So if your page is not constantly showing up, which means you're not doing the marketing, then no one will mm-hmm. find your book. Um, yeah, I've done, I've done experiments with Amazon ads and a whole bunch of a whole bunch of stuff and there's still stuff that i want to do but like with marketing you have to um you have to invest money yeah so yeah it's really based on like how much your budget is and how much you're willing to experiment with like i know people who spend thousands of dollars marketing their books and they were okay investing their money and now they're at a point where they're making that money back i'm like not there (laughs) so (laughs) eventually maybe (laughs) yeah yeah. That is that is cool that Amazon um, lets you do that. I, I am grateful for that for sure because um, traditional publishing it's it's hard to get in right, mm-hmm. make that accessible, and then it's really up to you and your work and how much how much time and money you can invest. It's all up to you. Yeah, I do. You sell in bookstores as well. I sell. I am selling in one bookstore in Toronto. It's called Another Story Bookstore, and I just moved to Osaka Beach. 
that are over here called Welcome Home. It's in Stainer. It's a little town next to Wisconsin Beach. It's even smaller. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they're over there. Um, yeah, uh, I, I want to. I definitely want to reach out to more retailers once we're a bit more settled over here. Because mm-hmm. um, there are a lot of small stores over here, and I think it would actually be easier. It's been easier to sell books in this store, which doesn't sell other books. They sell home decor stuff than in bookstores in Toronto, which sell tons of other books. And there's like my little paperback that's you know right. in a shelf somewhere. So uh, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. So you just moved to Wasaga from Toronto, is that correct? Yes. I don't even know the population was Sega. It's it seems big to me. <laughs> My I have family that live in Elmdale, and so when we drive oh, through, wait, Wasega you're Beach, from here. I didn't even know you were in Ontario. I'm in. Oh yeah, I'm in Ontario. I'm in. I don't um, know why. I just assume everyone's from the states. <laughs> that's so funny because someone reached out to me and I was like, I just live in small town Canada, and they're like, Oh, I assumed you're from the states. I was like, No. So that's funny, but no, I live in oh. Port Elgin, which is like. Probably two hours from Wasaga, oh but it's still God. a super small town. Oh, no. Yeah. One day we have a week, too. Yeah. But when we drive through, because, yeah, I have family in Elmdale. So when we drive through uh, Wasaga, I'm like, this town never ends. Oh. <laughs> but what What would the population of, no, it's still small compared to Toronto, but it feels yeah. big to me in Port Elgin. But what would the population of Wasaga be? Um, I think it's like, I think it's over 20,000, like 23,000, oh, wow. which is the same as my neighborhood in Toronto. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all just spread out over here, right? Like in Toronto, everyone lives in buildings. So like, it's completely different. It's so down right now. Yeah. Well, I'm going to call it a small town because Owen Sound is like 20,000 too. And I would call that a small town. Right. Like Collingwood, I would say, is a big town. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you just mentioned that it's easier to sell your books in the the local store than it is in your in Toronto. And I'm just curious if like you've noticed that with other things, maybe maybe I don't know, maybe you're not really doing marketing in Wasaga, but when you tell, I just feel like in when you live in a small town, when you tell somebody you've created something, there's just a lot of support there. Have you found that? I, I have, but I mean, to be honest, like even in Toronto, I had a lot of support because I had a very, I mean, I was, I knew a lot of people within the art sector. So I had a very large network who was, and they were all willing to market the books for me. So I wouldn't say that I've received more support in Wasaga just because I don't know a lot of people here yet. Um, but I think I will get to know that one. I think we will be similarly supportive. I think it really is just about the type of connections you form, not about the location. True. And you know what? I think that, I think because it's about community, right? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So you're, yeah. So you had the art community in Toronto and I was thinking the small town community, but you're right. Like it's where your community is. It doesn't really matter geographically. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that being said, I just found work with the town of Wisconsin. And nice. I yeah, I have to go there soon. And um, the library is in the same building, and they're all going to be putting my books up on their shelves as well. Very cool. That. So that was really nice because Toronto Public Library, you have to jump through like a bazillion hoops, which I was like, I'm not doing this. It's not worth my time. Whereas yeah, over yeah. here, I just showed up and I was like. And I put some books on your shelves and they were like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. And maybe so things and, are definitely easier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And maybe that's because Toronto, they're like, oh, there's a lot of authors here. And Nwaseg is like, what? And children's author, of course, we're going to feature you. Yeah, they're, they're very supportive. It is easier, yeah, to get to know people. Over there, you have to spend more time making those connections. Um, I also wanted to talk about Art Ignite, and I don't really know a ton about it. So um, it's a nonprofit organization that you founded. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's a, um, it's a community arts organization. I founded in 2017. Um, so for a long time, since I was in high school, I was working with the city of Toronto as an art instructor. And there were just things that I felt like I wanted to do that I couldn't do in that position. I wanted to grow. I wanted more programs. I wanted more artists. I wanted everything. Um, and I was like, okay, I need to do my own thing now. <laughs> I can't work for the city anymore. And so I um, I started to work as an independent artist. And I got to know lots of the organizations in the community arts sector. And when I went ahead and I was like, okay, let me incorporate my organization because I clearly am an expert at running nonprofits with yeah, yeah, yeah. my Um, But, you know, it worked out. Um, we, we must have reached over a thousand people. I mean, I, I must have planned over 500 workshops, like at least a dozen exhibitions, like community exhibitions. It's just, it was, it was wonderful. Um, it was also a lot of work and I burned out and then we moved here. And so now it's just on break. Um, but I'm already like now I've started working for the town and I'm like seeing all the programming spaces that the library has over here. And I'm like, I'm going to start program. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to start that through Arctic Night because running a nonprofit organization, there's a lot of overhead. Um, right. You don't have a large budget. That means you're just working all the time. Um, yeah. But I might, yeah, start working as like an independent artist and just running programs with them at some point. Once I've settled everything else, all the other pieces of my life. Yeah, you seem very busy. <laughs> <laughs> but that's really exciting. Um, Are you ready to live kindly, confidently, and ridiculously happy? Me too. I'm Sophia Lemon, and I host Ridiculously Happy PeopleCast. Once a week, I sit down with an awesome person I want to learn from, and we talk about how in the heck to balance life. Throw on your sweats and prepare to laugh, cry, and even cringe as we talk about all the bullshit that comes along with living ridiculously happy. Subscribe to Ridiculously Happy PeopleCast, and that's PPLCast, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts, and get your shit together with us. Do you mind if I ask, what are you doing for the town of Wasaga? Yeah, I'm in, a, in their customer service role. And it's really interesting because so far I've always worked as like the, you know, and not, I've always worked for myself. And when I was working for the city, I was working as an art instructor. So I didn't see the back end work. And so, right. it's, yeah, I mean, today's going to be my third day. So I'm still learning, but it's, uh, it's different from everything else that I've done so far. Very um, cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's a part-time job, so hopefully once I've settled into it, it will also give me an opportunity to continue working on my yeah. running programs and all of that stuff. Very cool. Well, it sounds like you have to work today, so we can kind of finish up here. I was going to ask, um, can you share any advice for authors and illustrators and or artists? Um, so, yeah, like I haven't been... Um, 
you know, publishing books for a very long time. So I'm in no way an expert, but for someone who is just beginning, I would say just be patient. It takes time. It takes time for your skill level to go grow. Like I still get so frustrated when I have an image in my mind and I just can't bring it down on paper. Like it, I get so angry sometimes. <laughs> so try to like, you know, relax, be patient with yourself, give yourself time um, to learn, to grow, for things to happen and um, try to get to know everyone. Like I think I spend uh, like, since I graduated from university, I think I spend more time just connecting with people than maybe not more time, but in the equal amount of time, just connecting with people. Um, mm. It's like just creating my work because if you don't know anyone, well, how's your work getting out there? Um, so yeah, I think those those two pieces, I, I would say, are crucial to being at runners, being patient, not running out of it because if you do, then that's it. Your work ends there. And, um, yeah, making connection, like, dual school. Um, Very cool. Well, I wanted to ask then really quickly about what your favorite children's books are or who your favorite children's authors are. Oh, yeah. Um, so I just got a new book. It's called Sole, and it's by, she's an actress, Nobita. Hang on, let me look up her name. The road. Lupita and I, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Lupita Nuango, I think. Yes, yes. It's it's a beautiful book. The illustrations are just absolutely gorgeous, and I'm just I really related to her message about inner beauty and like you know I've been working on my elf book and yeah her the story the way she wrote it it came through so beautifully. And, and yeah, like it has like, uh, the, the main characters, like a little black girl. And I, I find it really special when I find books that have minority, uh, representation. Um, I also really love, I think one of the first books I read, which is probably also why I love such an impact on me was Giraffe's Hand Down by, I forget the name of all the authors. That's okay. Giraffe um, can't dance. By Giles Andre. The thing about kids' books is that, like, you're right. Like, like the kids are they. The kids don't know the authors really, so they're telling you what books they want to let. Like, that's why we only know the titles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that one, because um, it's all about like, yeah, like believing in yourself and like discovering your potential. But it's like silly, and you know, the main characters are giraffe and clowns, um, and. The last one is like, oh, The Places You'll Go by Dr. Seuss. I think it's a very popular book. I'm not sure. It's it like, yeah, yeah. So inspirational. Like, even as an adult, I read it to one of my friends who was going through a slumpy moment. It's like, let me read you a children's book. Yeah. It will help. <laughs> yeah. We read that one at our like grade 12 graduation in high school. Oh, yeah. It's really, it's lovely. <laughs> I keep picking it, and my, and my daughter's like, no, not again. <laughs> I was gonna ask, what, what's your daughter's favorite book? What's my daughter's favorite books? Honestly, okay, yeah. So there's this. Um, there are two sisters, Sarah and Carmen Cullen, and they have a publishing company, Ocean Tales. And she loves all of their books so much. Um, they're also self-published authors. I highly recommend you looking them up. Um, the first book that we read was Lola the Mermaid. 
Um, but yeah, they they write books about you know under the sea creatures, and uh, their illustrator is also amazing. I found them on Instagram, um, oh, yeah, Sarah great. and Carmen. Um, so so my my oldest name is Ollie. So anytime I saw a book that had <laughs> Ollie on it, I named it, and they have a book named Ollie. So yeah, add to add to shopping cart. Yeah. <laughs> and my youngest loves mermaids and you said I see the mermaid book too so add to shopping cart <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's amazing. so cool amazing well if you want to part of the podcast I'll share it with them yeah oh okay yeah I definitely will um okay. um okay so where I know I already asked but where can we find your books specifically where can we find you I am on Instagram my handle is tdarivala um, my books are available on Amazon and yeah, like that's, if you live in Toronto, you can visit another store, bookstore. And if you're in the Augustainer area, there's a welcome home decor store, um, but mainly on Amazon. Um, and you can also find out more about me through my website at thisnamedairylala.com, just like com. Perfect. I will put all of that in the show notes including the link to amazon and i'll try to find the links to those other stores as well amazing thank you no problem well awesome thank you for joining me today that was fun yeah sure thanks for having me it was nice getting to know you and it would be amazing if at some point we just met i don't know how yeah but it's well, we're really like... still pretty far um <laughs> but if you're ever in the you know close by yeah, absolutely. 